This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to a Why Can't We podcast called This Sport Podcast. My name is Peter Harding. And I'm Sean Morrow. Each month we'll bring you up to date with disability sports stories from around the world. We'll also be joined by a few people involved in disability sports. Why Can't We has been running since 2012 after I saw the Paralympics in London. After attending as a spectator, I wondered why we don't see coverage of disability sports on a regular basis. Disability sports happen all the time, not just every four years. So I started the campaign to help raise awareness of disability sports and the campaign has grown from there. These podcasts are made to help you keep up to date with para sports, for relief athletes to sports fans. Or if this is the first time you're hearing about disability sport, please follow on Why Can't We social media or visit whycantwe.co.uk and make sure you subscribe to this podcast the campaign can't carry on without your support so join us each month for an update on this sport pod so just before you get started in this podcast i'm just going to do a small update on the disability sports news that's happened in february Alfie Hewitt defended his Rotterdam title against Gordon Reid in an Albright final, winning 7-5, 6-4 in just one hour, 30 minutes. Switzerland's Jonas Fry became the youngest bobsleigh pilot to win gold at the International Bobsleigh Skeleton Federation Parasport World Championships in St Moritz. Our very own Corey Mapp finished fourth in the plan and Corey added two bronze medals to his tally and finished fifth in the world ranking. Well done, Corey. Each month, I'll try and bring you up to date with different disability news stories. So please stay tuned and remember to subscribe to This Sport Pod. Hello and welcome to This Sport Pod with me, Peter Harding. Today we are joined by Louise Sugden and Mark Swan, ahead of the Manchester World Cup series. Unfortunately, Sean can't be with us today, so a very happy belated birthday to him, uh, and hopefully he'll be joining us next time on the podcast. But for now, we're just going to introduce Louise and Mark to the podcast, so welcome both. 
Hi. Thank you very much. How are you doing in lockdown at the moment then, Mark? We'll start with you. Lockdown life for me is, it's all right. I'm able to manage with it. However, there is obviously the negative aspects of it. Social life, the like training with friends that you see in the gym and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm, man- I'm managing all right. I've got um, training, everything's under control and all that sort of stuff. So although it's lockdown, I'm still, still managing and still carrying on. Fantastic. That's good to hear. And Louise, how about yourself? How are you doing during lockdown? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all very odd, isn't it? Um, I'm still able to train three days a week at our centralised base in Loughborough. Um, so I'm very lucky um, that's through the elite sport exemption. And I've got a gym set up at home as well. So um, it hasn't impacted my training a whole lot, thankfully. Um, it's just like Mark said, the social side of things, not being able to get out and see people. Um, other than going to training, I don't think I've been anywhere. <laughs> but it's quite difficult at the moment, I think, for a lot of people. So if you are listening to the podcast, uh, obviously we are all suffering and hopefully you'll find out more about Louise and Mark throughout the podcast today uh, and they can tell about tell about their stories and how they've got to where they are. So Louise, let's start with you. Uh, you started off as a wheelchair basketball player before transitioning over to powerlifting. Do you want to tell us your story of how you got or how, how you did that journey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I played wheelchair basketball for, uh, I think, like 14 years. Uh, I went to two Paralympic Games, uh, Beijing and London. And then I got ill in 2014 and I just couldn't get my fitness back to where it needed to be to play basketball. Um, so I thought I'll try a different, couple of different other sports. And I sent an email to British Weightlifting. They got me in to try out the sport and then gave me a programme, sent me away uh, to work on my own. And the progress I made in such a short space of time was crazy. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, and uh, I mean, it just went from there, really. I kept doing the programs. They kept sending them to me. And then I got a bizarre, lucky opportunity to go to the World Championships in 2017, which was less than six months after I first tried the sport. And uh, they said, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so I went there and I finished 10th in the world at my first ever competition. Wow. Oh, well, my first ever international competition. And, and what were your expectations going into that? Were you, were you trying to get for the 10th place or did you think you could even get that high? I think my goals for that competition, uh, there was a mention of 10th in the world and I was like, well, let's just see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was kind of one of the funding targets that we needed to hit. Right. Um, okay. But I was literally like, I, I just want to get a lift. But I don't really care what else happens. <laughs> um, and I got two out of three. So that's not bad for my first international. Fantastic. Yeah. If you are listening to the podcast, you might not know much about powerlifting. Um, so, Mark, do you want to explain the basic rules of powerlifting and how that works? The rules of it? Um, well, the powerlifting that we do is just bench press. That's, that's all we do. That's all we compete in. Um, Basically, you've got to unrack the bar, hold it up for a couple of seconds until the head referee, which stands behind you or sits behind you, like say a start. However, they, they will only say a start if the bar's stationary. You've got to hold it up for a couple of seconds. And then when they say a start, you're able to 
lower it down into your chest for like however long you want really to hit your chest. You've got to then hold it at your chest. It can't roll. It can't dip down to one side. It can't sink into your chest. Uh, you hold it there for briefly a second and then either your coach or yourself will give you a drive command sort of thing. Like He'll, he'll scream it pretty much if it's our coaches anyway. He'll scream drive so you know when they've said it. But to make sure you lift the weight, your elbows like come up in sync and you end the lift like in sync so it's not one-sided, it's not wobbly or uh, it has to be stable when you're locking it out. Yeah, okay. So, Louise, when you said that you had to try and make, you wanted to try and make one lift, is that what you were talking about, that you wanted to make sure that that one lift did count or were you yes. trying to push yourself for a higher weight or why, why are you trying to only reach one weight or one lift? <laughs> Just one that's to the rules. One that's to the rules, okay, fair enough. And obviously it's an incredible journey. So you competed in Beijing, then you competed in London in the wheelchair basketball, which are both team competitions. And so suddenly you're competing in powerlifting, which is now an individual sport. How has that transition been? Have you found it difficult or have you found it quite easy? Oh, some aspects have been really difficult. I, I really struggled being out on the platform on my own, um, having been in a team sport and being surrounded by people being used to being surrounded by people so um I like at that world championships for example I was shaking so much after my first lift because I was so nervous but I seem to have taken the other aspects really well um I think I from basketball I've learned how to deal with pressure and I think that's come over into my powerlifting so some things have been good some things have been more difficult <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine and Mark, obviously your story as well. So you're coming up from a junior ranking to the adults uh, full senior ranking this time in Manchester powerlifting. Before yeah. you, you were competing as a junior and you actually came away with two of the uh, bronze medals, am I right in saying? You came away with two bronze? Juniors, I got the bronze. A junior, I got a gold medal and I set the new European junior record. Yeah, which is absolutely amazing. So how has that journey happened and how did you get into powerlifting in the first place? How I got into powerlifting was I go to a weekend of multiple sports competitions and it's a weekend like that's just full of people with like short stature like myself. Well, I started going down there like on a weekend every year. It was only one weekend every year. I'd had multiple sports when, since I was seven or eight year old. And I think when I was 13, 14, I seen on the like event form that they'd done, powerlifting. I seen on the event form that they'd done, powerlifting. And then um, coming from a family that, like my dad, my granddad, my uncle, all that, like they're really into extreme like, sports. Like they, they train and they go to like the gym and the, the lift. Like they're, they're really competitive in the strength sports. I had a look at it, but it turned out you needed to be 15 in order to compete in that sport. So I, wait, I waited until I was 15. The year I was 15, I went down and a couple of the coaches from British Weightlifting were there running it and making sure everything's right and all sorts of that. And first ever time, I'd, like I had no training beforehand or anything, first ever lift was 
70 kilos. So I thought to myself, like, whoa, I got, I think it was a silver medal. It was a silver medal. My first ever time, even lying on a bench, holding up a bar. And then ever since, ever since that, the coaches came over me, like, after the start talking, like, start talking to me about, like, we would like for you to come down to training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these training camps were down at Stoke Mandeville. It's where, it's where, um, like, the scouts kind of thing. Like, when you've just been invited down, it's where you start off. You start off at little training camps like that before you become, like, better and more elite, and then you get invited to Loughborough University where Lou trains and the rest of the world-class athletes. Ever since that training weekend, the first one I went down to, I started, like, I went back home, I got a training programme like Louise did, and it, it was all on my own from then, pretty much. I was able to contact the coaches and, like, whatever lifting I'd done, it had to be recorded and it went straight back to the coaches so they could, like, analyse it and tell you what, what was good about it, what was bad. And ever since then, as as Louise has, I progressed a lot in such a sh- short period of time. So I, I started developing a liking for it because it was something I was good at without like knowing I was good at it. So I started developing a liking for it. And then last year in February, I got the opportunity to compete like, for Team GB in the Manchester World Cup last year in February and went down there and set a new junior European record and come third in the seniors. So my first competition was my my first international competition with probably one of the strictest judgments you can get when weightlifting. Um I done really well. So I've just been focusing on that and focusing on the recent World Cup that's coming up shortly. Yeah, of course. And so obviously you're now doing the competing in the seniors rather than competing in the juniors. How, has, how have you managed with the, the senior rankings? Um, the senior rankings, I haven't quite hit top eight. Like, I haven't hit top eight yet. Um, I'm on kind of an undercard that's basically what it is. It's it's like an undercard for Tokyo. Like mm-hmm. if I hit if I hit my target in Manchester, like it next next week, and hopefully like hit top eight rankings, then my name could be put forward, and I might, on an off chance, have the chance to go to Tokyo as long like if everything's well. Yeah, this is now a qualifier for Tokyo. So, Louise, do you want to explain what you have to do to be able to qualify for Tokyo in these championships? Um, so, for those that don't know, um, there were uh, power powerlifting split by weight class um, rather than by disability. So, I compete against all kinds of different disabilities, but everyone's the same, roughly the same body weight within a range. Um, to qualify for the games, you have to be within the top eight in your weight class. Um, there are no duplicate nations allowed. So 
in the world rankings, um, I have two Chinese athletes above me, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so only one of those will be able to go to games. So I'm currently ranked sixth in the world. But once you take one of them out, um, I'm then fifth in the Tokyo rankings. Wow. So, yeah, you just have to keep yourself in that top eight. And uh, that goes on um, weight lifted. It's not any more complicated than that. <laughs> so okay. your best weight that you've lifted over the qualification period is what goes into the Tokyo rankings. So there, there, there are no competitors against you in Team GB that sort of might be trying to take your place at Tokyo or there are some take? <laughs> there, there aren't in my weight class. Okay. Um, there are a couple of weight classes where there are, there are two athletes um, and um, basically the, the one who's highest will generally speaking go if they're both in the top eight. Um, some athletes will get um, qualification lifts in multiple weight classes so that they can then choose. Um, so they might finish top eight in one weight class and not in the other. This all technical stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, generally speak. I, I'm okay. I haven't got anyone to take okay. from GB at the moment. Um, but, you know, I, I love a challenge. So anyone yeah. who wants to come and try it, then <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's a shout out to anyone that is listening to the podcast. Uh, if you haven't tried powerlifting, go and have a, have a go. In fact, how would you get involved in powerlifting then, Louise? If I, was, if I was listening to this and I didn't have a clue where to start, well, how would I get involved? On the British Weightlifting website, there's a whole load of information about power powerlifting. Um, and there'd be information on there on how to express an interest and how to get involved. And uh, um, there's now um, a talent pathway, which there wasn't when I started, which is awesome because all these guys are coming through now. Um, through this talent pathway um, and it's got a really defined much more defined route rather than uh, me just rocking up and going hi I want to try powerlifting so have a look check out the British Weightlifting website Hi I'm Matt I'm a Why Can't We journalist and you can check out my articles at whycantwe.co.uk Mark is there anyone is there anyone in your category that's uh, from a GB team. No, no, there's not anyone in my category. However, a year, a year back, a year, year and a half, two year back, there was. I've recently moved, moved categories. Um, I was in the men's under fifty nine, and I was competing against somebody else that was on the talent pathway with me. To basically like earn our spot, kind of to see who's like the best in that weight group yeah however i moved up a weight group and i had another competitor in the same weight group as myself however he's stopped powerlifting and i am the only one in my weight group now however i, I would love somebody else in it for the competition as louise says because this sport is very competitive if you're not competitive then this sport will be a lot harder for you. You've got to have that competitiveness. You've got to have that eager to beat everybody. Yeah, I guess that, that's kind of one of the things I was going to say, actually, that if I was competing in powerlifting, and it goes back to a bit of what we were saying about earlier on, Louise, with your team sports, and the encouragement from the other players saying, we need to try and achieve this goal, or we need to try and get the next point. 
do you find it harder now as an individual athlete than you did with um, a team around you to sort of motivate yourself or do you find it easier now? I'm, although I compete on my own, um, we do train as a group and as a team. Um, and so I've always got people around me just helping me find that little bit extra, uh, especially up at the, the training, the centralised base in Loughborough. Um, and on competition day, my coach is always there reminding me of what I've got to do um, and that kind of thing. So I think the, they're not too dissimilar in that respect. I still got a team around me and um, yeah. it's just a different it's just very different in competition. Um, so I think, yeah, you can probably compare and contrast, but I think uh, the team around when you're training is really important. In Manchester, there's not going to be any fans at the event. So how is that affecting you coming into the Manchester World Cup? Are you preparing for no fans and how is that going to keep you motivated to compete? I think it's going to be odd um, we don't normally get huge crowds, but we normally do have uh, at least other athletes in supporting us. I guess it, it, you just have to focus on what you're doing and forget what else is happening around you and just make sure that you don't let it get, to your head, get into your head. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. We've obviously got the sad news today as well that the Paralympics is not having any international Af uh, international fans attending. Mark, how is that going to affect you as an athlete? Um, as Louise said, it, it is going to be very odd because I've only had one international competition and there was quite a good crowd when I was lifting. Obviously, it helps me. Like, it tells me when there's a crowd, like, the louder the better for me. Pretty much like, the louder they are, the more the more it tells me, like, right, you have to do it now because everybody's everybody's cheering you to do it, so you got to do it. But um, it, it's going to be really different. Yeah, of course. And, uh, Louise, I know you've, you've said that it's, it's, it's a bit upsetting, isn't it, for you, that you can't have your family and friends out there. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it's just uh, my family uh, very supportive and uh, they like to come out and support me. And it's probably going to be one of the biggest competitions I do in powerlifting. So it's a real shame they can't be there. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're hoping, fingers crossed, really, really hoping that they do allow some family and friends to go out to watch you all compete and support you there. So hopefully you can watch this space. And hopefully by the time everyone's listening to this podcast, everything will have changed and it'll be okay because family and friends will be able to watch you and support you. But I mean, one thing, we're going to be supporting you all here in terms of your goals and looking forward to Tokyo and also looking forward to the end of this year, what, what targets are you setting yourself, Mark? Um, I'm setting myself to, for the end of the year, to keep on track with the progress that's expected of powerlifters for England. Um, the progress we're meant to have is 15 to 20 kilos on the bar a year. However, there's obviously different ways around that if you're not quite if you're not quite hitting that because that is quite a number yeah uh, especially per year however like it takes into consideration the year you've had it takes into consideration like your age and yeah because obviously the older you are the less you're gonna the less you're gonna Louis is looking at you funny there progress no I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying less you're gonna progress I'm gonna say 
slow at you progress. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that because yeah, it happens to be that I am one of the youngest athletes, if not the youngest athlete on our team. Yeah. So, yeah, whenever whenever I say older, all the all the world class athletes give me a funny look, but. But yeah, um, the targets for the end of the year for me is to hit top eight. I want to hit top eight. Um, top eight in my weight group is between 182 and 184. However, we've got the Paralympics coming up. We've got the World Cup coming up. They could change. They could change. The standards could go up or it could stay the same. So... I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it's going to be like. However, I'm going to push for the end of the year. I'm going to push for 180, 185 at least. Amazing. That's a lot. Okay, Liz. Yeah. Other than proving Mark wrong, what targets are you setting yourself? Um, so um, I would like, my goal for this year would be to finish, um, well, to compete at Tokyo. Um, and I'd like to be challenging for a bronze medal out there. And uh, then after that, we've got uh, the World Championships. I think it's November or December. Um, so okay. I'd like to go out there and compete there. Um, I don't know what the standard's going to be like, especially so close to games. So that one's anyone's guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just saying, I think um, uh, rather than age being a yeah. determining factor, I think it's training age. Okay. So I uh, I definitely bucked the trend in the last couple of years. Although I don't think I can make fifteen kilos of progress a year. Um, I, but my fifteen kilo year of progress in a year days are definitely over. <laughs> uh, so in terms of your training age, then what, what do you mean by that? If anyone's listening, um, just how long you've been training in the particular sport. So I mean, I'm still quite young training age-wise because I've only been in the sport for three and a half years um, yeah. even though I am mid-30s so yeah so young still young goggles <laughs> not so much for an athlete but not too bad for a powerlifter yeah it's not bad at all it's not bad my name is Jessica and I'm a Why Can't We journalist read some of my articles at whycountwe.co.uk In terms of sort of future goals, so let's go further forward than five years down the line. Are you are you still hoping to continue breaking these records and try and get that gold medal eventually, or is that possibly out of sight now? Oh, never say never. Um, the world record in my weight class is 150 kilos. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what I have to be hitting to be getting um, gold medals. And what's your position at the moment? 125. Okay, so not too so, far. So I'm a little way off. Still, I've got a bit of work to do, which is why I'm saying I'm aiming for bronze in Tokyo rather than a gold, because yeah. at this point in time, it's not very realistic. Um, but I do want to, like, there's certain things I want to achieve. Um, the most ever lifted by a British female is 136 kilos, for example. I would love to break that. Um, the European record is 143 kilos. So there's a couple of things on the way up to world domination yeah. <laughs> that I'd like to achieve. One day soon, I'm sure. 
Uh, Mark, <laughs> obviously, you know all about world domination, breaking the European record. So tell us about how, uh, or what are you looking to do in the next five years? Are you hoping to break the senior European record or is that, again, out of reach, do you think? Um, I'm not too sure on what the senior European record is, as it goes. Um, but the next five years, well, I'll start, I'll start by what the world record is in my work group. It is, if I can recall properly, it's between 215 to 220 kilograms. So I've got a little bit to go off that. However, and what's your order, PB again? Training PB. This is without judges and everything. It's one hundred seven. It's one hundred and seventy-five, but okay. we, ha- but we haven't had like competitions for a year now. And in that in that year, that's where I've progressed strength-wise. And competition PB is one hundred and sixty. So I've, I've still got quite a bit to go before reaching for that world record. But in order to get a gold medal, as as Lou said, it's got to be. Like you have to lift like somewhere near that. Yeah, of course. So are you hoping to sort of compete for that gold medal soon or, or do you think that you're going to have to keep raising the, raising the yeah. roof by 20 kilograms each year? We've been on kind of like the undercard for Tokyo. It's, it's not guaranteed that I'll go. It's just an off chance. However, okay. if, if I do go, um, like, I'll be like, amazed at the opportunity like I've got to go and I'm not going to really focus then on like medals or anything like that. I'm just going to seek out what like the best of the best competition is because you can't get any higher than Paralympics when it comes to para powerlifting. Um, kind of like scope out my opponents and like my opponents in the world and just focus on that. Just focus on that. Um, however, my main focus is... The 2024 Paralympics in France. That's where I want to be at the stage where I'm pushing for medals, and um, yeah, just pushing for medals and yeah. And in terms of your fellow GB competitors, then who are you hoping, or, or do you look up to any of them as an inspiration, possibly as well? But are any of them hoping to compete for the gold medals or the, or even other medals, or are they all also trying to just? break through into that next stage of, of their powerlifting? Um, I'm not too sure where the, what rankings they are in the world. Right. I'm not, I'm not too sure where, whereabouts they are when it comes to like medal, when it comes out the weights for medals in the world. Um, hopefully Louise might be able to give you a better insight at that because I'm not sure about where everybody is pushing for medal-wise. So, I mean, we have a couple of people who will be challenging for medals, uh, but it's so hard to know how the pandemic's affected every country. So it's hard to know how people are, are lifting at the moment. Um, we'll get a better idea in the next couple of months through the World Cup in Manchester. And then there's another World Cup in Dubai. Um, and there's another couple around the world in the next um, three, two or three months. And qualification closes in June. Um, so I think by June, we'll have a better idea. But at this moment in time, it's really hard to say. Yeah, of course. So if, if anyone is interested, then should they check out the British powerlifting site to keep up to date with, with those events? Or, or where's the best place to, to look out for the results of those? 
Yeah, British weightlifting and um, world para powerlifting uh, is another good place to keep on track with what's going on or um, individual athletes. We've all got Twitter, Instagram, all of that. So <laughs> you can follow our journey. You can check out the Why Can't We calendar as well. And we'll try and keep that updated as much as we can. Obviously, disability sport isn't something that happens just once every four years. It does happen all the time. And so, Mark, how do you manage your time in terms of trying to get to all the competitions you want to try and get to? Do you set that sort of plan before the start of the year? Um, yeah, um, we'll get the calendar for the next year, um, usually like in November or something, the year before. Like we'll get the calendar for then and we'll, we'll see competitions like such as qualifiers for the Paralympics and we'll learn. However, in, in the middle of those big international competitions, we have national competitions just in England. And even then, we, we tend to go to them to keep on, like, to keep that competition extended like, in our like in our minds so we so we're still on track when it comes to international competition yeah is that the same for yourself louise yeah we've always got an idea of what competition uh, are happening um, and it's just a case of choosing whichever ones are most appropriate for us um and there are certain um you have to go to a certain number um within a year um especially for qualifications for Paralympic Games. So, for example, you have to attend at least one World Cup in the Paralympic year, um, as well as you have to attend European Championships and World Championships, um, unless you have a, a valid reason why you can't. Um, so, yeah, you just need to make sure you're ticking all the boxes for your qualification. I mean, hopefully they pick ones in sunny places rather than... <laughs> rather than the yeah. rather than the cold places I mean Manchester's sunny right <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely definitely I, I'd say that the buyer sounds even better but hey Manchester's great uh, Mark so in terms of your inspiration in terms of how you've got to where you are now who do you look to for inspiration who do you look to to get you to push further when I started out weightlifting um, I came with I came across one of our like world class athletes, Mickey Yule. Yeah. Um, he was like he served in the army and then obviously he he stepped on a he stepped on an IED and like consequently lost both of his legs. Okay. Um and then he's like because he's on the world class he's like a world class athlete and like I look at him for inspiration because like he's just he's a really good role model. And it's nice to see that all because somebody's lost some limbs or like somebody with a disability. It's nice to see them get back, like on top of the, like the world. Pretty much, it's nice to see them comp competing, like world class standard. Yeah, yeah. And Louise, obviously, Tom Whitaker has been your coach for a while now. Is he your inspiration, or is there someone else that you look to to get that inspiration? <laughs> he definitely drives me uh, drives me on he works me hard um I think um Ali Jawad um as much as it will boost his ego to hear this <laughs> uh, he has enough ego as it is 
<laughs> he's uh, he's helped me so much in my career, and uh, yeah, and without the support team, I mean, the whole team's incredible, the world class program team, um, and I think they all do. They all kind of drive each. We drive each other on, uh, make each other work hard, give each other grief because that's what you got to do to keep it entertaining, right? Of course, of course. I'm sure there's a lot of dance that goes around sort of years as athletes enough for us. So uh, I, won't, I won't ask you for any detail, details on that. Uh, in terms of your competition then, in terms of who you're looking to try and beat, are there any name, big names that people should know about who are looking to take those gold and silver medals or even try and not let you get that bronze medal? I've got a couple of people in my sights um, that I am working to try and beat um, the, the lady above me in the rankings that I'm trying to catch. The moment is a, an Egyptian lady, and I try and pronounce her name, but I don't want to get it wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she's uh, currently in bronze, and she's the one I'm tracking at the moment. Very nice. Okay. Uh, how about yourself, Mark? As Louise said, it's just a couple of people that's in like the top eight rankings like number eight pretty much like who's eight like I'm focusing on like got my sights on him I'm trying to catch up to him so then that would put me top eight so like that would enable me to go to the Paralympic Games so I'm just I'm just focusing on number eight at the minute I'm just focusing on getting into the top eight and then I'll go by then I'll just scout out my next opponents and next opponents and work my way start work my way down hopefully towards yeah. like four three that sort of that sort of thing yeah so I'm sure that people who are listening to this now here in top eight are probably scared and, and then you're, you're after them so <laughs> that's, that's good to put the fear into them Mark obviously your camera isn't working today do you want to explain that story to us as well um, well in my free time, like away from powerlifting, I tend to do a lot of fishing. I tend to do like a lot of fishing. Like it keeps my mind off it, and like, it's a really good stress reliever for me. And just the other day, I decided to go fishing, and I accidentally fell into the pond where I, where I had my phone in my pocket, and in the result of that, getting out of the pond it would not switch on. So I went home, I put it in rice. I put it in, I put it in rice overnight and it switched back on the next morning, thankfully. However, I'm having a lot of issues with the camera. It's very blurred. It's very like patchy. Like there's a lot of dark places on it. And it's just, it's just a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. It's been, it's been causing me a lot of, inconvenience however the audio is working so yeah we'll take that that's, it's, that's it's, good. it's all good that that's working still <laughs> that's excellent yeah so obviously you've got other hobbies as well then and louise we've talked about your your basketball career how about other hobbies you're doing now as well and you're obviously not doing fishing because your laptop is working okay <laughs> yeah no i'm not i'm not into fishing um I am much cooler than that actually I knit um (laughs) I sit in front of the deli and I knit um so yeah (laughs) not really much else to tell you I love a Netflix series 
I mean, there's not that much to do, is there, at the moment? <laughs> there's not a lot. There's not a lot. It's definitely true. Knitting sounds good. So does the fishing, uh, although not so much dropping the phone in the water. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. And I really hope that you're going to do amazing things in Manchester. Uh, where can people keep up to date with how you're getting on, Mark? Um, like My friends and family know I'm kind of like a social media person, so I will be posting the link, the live stream, on like my Facebook profile and stuff like that, so all of like my family and friends can tune in then and watch it then. But um, I think British Weightlifting, no, not British Weightlifting, World Power Powerlifting will post it on Facebook as well, the link for all of the all of the competitions in Manchester. For all the yeah. weight groups, there should be a link on Facebook to find every every weight group. Fantastic. And how about yourself, Louise? Uh, yeah, definitely check out World Power Powerlifting Facebook. Um, and I think um, British Weightlifting will probably be promoting that as well through their social media. Um, and um, I, I have I Twitter um, and Instagram. Uh, I think on Twitter, I am Louise Sugden13, which is from my basketball days. Yeah. And Instagram, I'm Lulu Suggers. Very nice. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so if you are looking to keep up to date, then you know where to follow Mark and Louise on their journey. And best of luck to you both in the future as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Join us next time on Disport Pod. See you then. Podcast Network.